Welcome to another week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band. We talk about two uh, musical artists, groups, singers, whatever, whose names sound similar, but the music sounds very different. This week we're talking about Greta Van Fleet Foxes. I am Jared. I am Dax. Caleb. This is Tyler. And here we are. Here we are. Here we are. For yet another edition of Good Band, Bad Band. That's right. You nailed that intro, I guess. You hit it right on. It was pretty good. I've been getting getting better at it. Yeah, it's too bad the song sucks. (laughs) Well, that's a... It's not the best. That riff, garbage. It's garbage. It's cheap, and it's not good. Don't tell my family in Michigan. I have fans as family members, so... Which song is that? What's the name of it? That's Highway Tune. Highway Tune. Highway Tune. That's what I thought. Um, I did find a song that sounds suspiciously similar to it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. How about anything from the early Zeppelin catalog? Uh, oh, whoops. Are we not getting to that part well, yet? Well, there's that. Were people unaware? I actually shied away from doing that. I didn't want to do that. It's too obvious. I found something else. Yeah, it's not worth it. Uh, this okay. is a song by Triumph. It's When the Lights Go Down. Didn't that sound just that's, a little bit familiar? That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, what? That's even. This makes everything way worse <laughs> than it already was. It's not even Led Zeppelin. I don't either. even. I don't even know what to say. Okay, so let's get the. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about the elephant in the room. Greta, yeah. Greta Van Fleet. They're a Michigan rock band. They started around like 2014, I think, something like that. And uh, they have been compared to uh, Led Zeppelin very much throughout their career. I think that's a little... They're clearly ripping off Triumph, who's ripping off Led Zeppelin. Okay, that's mm-hmm. fair, yes. Um, it's a three-way ripoff. So uh, they have found some success, Greta Van Fleet has. They have been nominated for a Grammy. They Didn't they win the Grammy? Uh, Several? Pro- I Maybe, possibly, most likely, yes. If no, I remember they, correctly, they their not. EP won Best Rock Performance. I'm pretty sure that their song won Best... I'm looking right yeah. now. I think they won three Grammys. They won one Grammy. They were nominated from for the three. Fires, from the Fires won Best Rock Album in 2019, and they were nominated for three others. That's right. They were nominated for Best New Artist. Highway Tune was nominated as Best Rock Performance in Black Smoke Rising was nominated as Best Rock Song. How can you nominate? That's like all the rock categories. Every rock category. That's like every rock award. Yeah. Good thing Good thing. real rock people are so punk they don't care. You know, speaking, speaking of Black Smoke Rising, can I just get this out of the way? Yes. yes. It sounds familiar also. Go ahead and play that. <laughs> I hate it too because I want to like him so much. Right. 
But no, you don't though. You know you don't. I just okay. Hold on. There, there's a song called uh, by South Normal. Uh, it is called White Lies. Go ahead and play that. very similar vein it's fairly similar it's not close enough for my usual thing but they're from michigan that band ah and they worked with uh the same producer that produced black smoke rising that sounds like a producer that did that maybe probably didn't didn't know how to differentiate the music he created so he just made the same thing with a different band yeah i mean same progression there's other songs that have that same progression too but since they do have the same producer working on it, I figured might as well throw that in. That makes sense. Well, it's worth it probably really to, to at least bring up, you know? So, Tyler, I think you've made your, your stance pretty clear on Greta Van Fleet. I hate Greta Van Fleet. I hate them. And what They make me mad all the time. What, what's, what about them makes you so mad? Uh, they're total... I mean, there's many things that make me mad. One, that they're so popular when it's just like, Come on. I respect some of it. For instance, let me sit, let me tell a brief story. My uncle on my father's side loves Led Zeppelin, and he never got to see Led Zeppelin because John Bonham died before he got to see Led Zeppelin. So they like Greta Van Fleet, and they saw Greta Van Fleet, and it's like the closest thing that he'll see to seeing Led Zeppelin, which I can respect that. But they, they're not good. They're not good. They're totally unoriginal in their sound, and it's aggravating. And then they deny it most of the time in interviews. I watched an interview with them where they're all sitting down. They're talking to them about influences. And, like, a lot of people say you sound like, you know, this. And the lead singer, uh, let's see, which one's the singer? Josh? One of the brothers. Yeah, one of the brothers. I think Josh is the singer and Jake's the guitarist. And Sam is the bassist. But anyway, he says, I don't understand why people say that. We all took influences from other places. I listen to a lot of world music. And I'm like, you are a liar. You're a liar. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, just own up to it, pal. I mean, if you own up to it, you make Well, I mean, he said it. That, that's the thing, though, is that he has said it uh, a, a number of times. They've also said that they've taken uh, more influence from Aerosmith than, than from Zeppelin. He said he didn't oh, get into please. Zeppelin until he was in high school. But he also said a quote here. It says uh, he went through a year of really intensely studying what Jimmy Page did to the point I knew how he thought. That's what he said. Hmm. So, I mean, well, you know, it, it's like a kind of like w- one interview. They'll say that they acknowledge it. And then another interview, they're like, I mean, I think they just don't want to keep talking about it. But I think that's my biggest then problem. Don't, then stop doing well, it. Well, I mean, stop doing it. They so have you have you seen them? Pr- Perform live? Well, yes. And you ever seen like a video? Yes. Even he, he his his physical gestures yep. are copies. You know who's to blame for that? Sir Elton John. He did tell them to be more flamboyant <laughs> with his, with their performance. Yeah. yeah, he performed. Yeah. Uh, so Greta Van Fleet performed at Elton John's Academy Awards party in 2018 oh at uh, the at John uh, Elton John's personal request. So in 2018, he had already caught wind of. The, the Van Fleet machine, if you will. Sure. 
And uh, he actually joined them on stage for a version of Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting and one of their songs, You're the One. And uh, after the set, Elton John recommended that the band get more dramatic and flamboyant with their performance and wardrobe. Now, this was in 2018. They were already uh, dramatic and flamboyant. Yes. They were already taking like the 70s style of outfits at that point in their um, live performances like on uh, SNL and Jimmy Fallon and and other things that they did on and even in their music videos and stuff like yeah so i don't know you know how much influence at what John Elton John actually had in that because they were already doing that but it's one thing to be influenced by 70s classic rock music but it's a completely different thing to just basically rip it all off and there's a fine line, and I think that they kind of gone over the edge with a few different things. I well, think the only reason they went over that line is because they don't mention it as an influence. They don't play it like an homage. They play it like it's their idea. Yeah. To go back to Tyler's thought a little bit ago, where he was talking about how you know they went, they were able to see them live, and it was kind of like seeing Zeppelin live. That was actually something that me and Donnie talked about recently. Donnie being one of our previous guests on the show um, of Record Roundtable and will be on the most recent episode that's coming out tomorrow uh, for Tom Petty. But we were talking about our episode of Record Roundtable last week and we were talking about Oasis. And he was like, yeah, I liked Oasis. And it was kind of like I got to see the Beatles live because they were kind of doing the exact same thing that Greta Van Fleet was doing they were kind of ripping off the sound of the beatles and people got to have that experience of getting to see and getting to listen to the beatles but after the fact and they're really doing essentially the exact same thing and i do think that something that's worth mentioning is and i don't i don't want to praise greta van fleet but i want to give them the respect that they deserve for this specific thing when it came to Oasis, it was impressive that they were able to have a sound that sounded anything like the Beatles, because how do you replicate the Beatles? The fact that these young 20-something-year-olds are able to replicate in some way the sound, but are still able to do something new as a... Le- They're not a Led Zeppelin cover band. They're not no. just doing Led Zeppelin covers. No. They're making songs as an homage in a lot of ways. They won't say it, but they're making songs as like an homage to that sound, and they're able to make that sound. That's not easy. That's not no, something that's, that you can just like have a 20-year-old do and mm-hmm. do well. That's still something that is an important skill to be able to have a, the ability to make that sound. But, and I think that they spoke to this recently, that they are working on a new album, and they're trying to have a different sound on that album they were very young when this yeah. album came we'll out. just have to kind of see how the to like how their career goes from here but you know the first ep and then the ne- the debut album both sounded similar um and had that same kind of style so maybe they will do that maybe they'll kind of change go ahead tyler i don't know i, I would have to dis- <clears throat> excuse me i'd have to disagree with you caleb that's what that's actually one of the points that makes me dislike them even more is because initially I heard from a couple people of, hey, you know, well, they are copying, but, you know, they're talented musicians and they've got skill and they got this and that. And then I thought, you know what, maybe there is something to that argument, right? And I listened to their music again and I focused a little more. And the thing about it is, is the tone, like when you think about making guitar tones, tone matching, matching the tones of that era is not difficult. 
So that portion of it is easy. So copying the sound in terms of guitar tonality is not difficult. Song structure, also quite easy. It's a blues-based rock band, not super difficult. When I got back in and listened to it, and for instance, Highway Tune, I said how much that riff, I don't I think that riff sucks. It's not a difficult riff. And it really, when you go back and like listen to it and think about it and kind of be comparative to, you know, works of the past, it in no way lives up to to like the style and not even like the complexity, but just the musical elegance of the past music. On top of that, I did watch a rig rundown video. Uh, I think it's Premier Guitar is the yeah Premier Guitar. The magazine does rig rundowns with like a bunch of different uh, guitars, and they talk about their setup and stuff. And they did one with Greta Van Fleet, and the guitarist couldn't play anything. He could play nothing. I mean, he he was trying to be like, oh, I guess if I want to kind of sound do this kind of thing, I could like do something. He couldn't think of even just a thing to play to demonstrate a tone. So, I mean, I've done, I did like a little bit of research on it because I was like, maybe that's like a legitimate thing. Like maybe there's some type of a point there of like, at least they're talented musicians. But when I go back to it and just listen to it, you know, and think about the riffs and think about the way that the drums are played, because it's not particularly crazy, the way that the bass, you know, does its thing. Like I don't, other than the talent of just being in a school of rock type of band, I don't find them to be particularly talented musicians either. So what about vocals? For me, that. His vote, I will admit that it takes some type of natural talent to sing like that. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but it'd be really nice if you took the way you sing, the way, you know, the range you have, it did something interesting with it that isn't, I mean, the singing is almost the most mimicry out of every part of the band. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the guitar playing is, is also close to the tonality, the way they try to write riffs that just don't hold up. Those are all close mimicry. But if you listen to it, I mean, his vocal delivery is like, it's just like it's spot on the same thing. I mean, I just wish he would do something else. It's not that he doesn't have talent in that regard, but it's just like you're not using it. You know, you have the physical ability to do it. It'd be nice if you did something interesting and cool with it. Yeah. I read that um, he, the reason that he sings that way is because he was getting overpowered um, in the instrumentation. And so he's changed the way he sang so that he would basically be the front man. Uh, of the band you know like uh, his vocals were the forefront so he started singing with more power i guess i was watching an interview i think with you jared mm-hmm. uh who who was it so, someone from led zeppelin what's his name i'm blanking plant jimmy yeah. page robert plant yeah robert plant. plant oh yeah i know the interview you're talking about yeah he was asked about uh greta van fleet well he was actually just asked about like current rock music and he brought them like it's different if you say, hey, uh, what do you think about this band from uh, Michigan that sounds exactly like you? That What actually the guy said was, hey, what kind of up-and-coming rock bands do you think of? And he um, first thing he said was, well, there's this little band from you know Michigan. So go ahead and keep saying what you're saying. But it is a little bit different the way that, that the question was asked. That is different. Yeah, so they, they were talking about him, and he said, yeah, that um, lead singer, um, his voice, I think he borrowed it from a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> nice but i i mean he does I mean, like the, them he gave them credit and he he cited them as like an up-and-coming rock band so i don't think that he has any kind of ill will towards them or doesn't want them to succeed or thinks they're ripping well, them off or anything like that necessarily we all know zeppelin's the last band that could talk about ripping people yeah Absolutely. i know yeah. go back so and listen like to led zeppelin episode <laughs> half but the I show is that sounds familiar right well i mean i watched anthony fantano's review of the latest album that came out the last one that came out Anthem of the Peace. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he mentioned in there that 
you know, he brought that up. I mean, you can't, you know, what are you going to do? Zeppelin ripped off a bunch of people, but at least they put, they had a spin of this, of their style. You know what I mean? To put on it. Sure. As compared to this, where you're, it's like you're ripping off that style. You know what I mean? Instead of ripping off the tunes and making it sound different, you're just making it sound the same and just write and just putting some different notes. I don't know. It's very difficult because it's not like copying a song. You know, it's like copying an entire band. Do you find it surprising? And this is a question for everybody. Do you find it surprising that they found as much popularity as they did? No. no. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Absolutely. I mean, it is surprising. Um, no, I would say no, but most rock related things don't have any kind of uh, mainstream anything you know like they don't have very many rock bands on saturday night live so the fact that they picked them for it i guess it you got to give them a little bit of credit because it's very hard to break through even if you're copying something and you're ripping you know if you want to say they're ripping it off or whatever but like to be able to have that much um notoriety and mainstream stuff it is it is impressive i guess with that I think that's the coolest thing about them, probably. And uh, I, I do hope they, they go on to do some pretty cool stuff. They have the potential there. I think so, too. And, like, I don't know, within the next 10 years, if they do some really cool stuff, they might be a really great band. Well, I'd like to be able to look back on 2018 when Anthem of the Peaceful Army came out and be able to say, well, actually, I know that that album sounded like a ripoff, but that was when you know that style of rock music became popular again because if you can see the trajectory of you can't i mean you can't see the future if you could see in like 2030 that that kind of music somehow makes a resurgence and people are listening to rock music again in like the popular sphere then that'd be great like i'd love that and if that was something that Greta Van Fleet was somehow an influence on then more power to them because you really don't see uh, a rock group that's getting the kind of notoriety that they got when their album came out and you will see the same level of notoriety. And I honestly, when it comes down to it, I'm not saying that I like Greta Van Fleet, but I do not want this whole episode to be, Oh, I fucking hate Greta Van Fleet. Well, Cause there's no point to that. Why but, don't we compare them to other like rock bands that are popular right now? Like Greta Van Fleet, I would say are better than Imagine Dragons. Yes. Yeah. And like Imagine Dragons oh, sure. are probably, yeah. They are like the number one rock band. Like it last, uh, when they put out that list of the top well rock bands of the two thousands, there were so they, many they Imagine Dragon songs that were on there. Some people will argue they're not even really rock music, but at the same time, like they're not really. But that's what like mainstream radio is considering rock well, music. It's true. I mean, Vampire Weekend has been called. You know, this is the this is what the status of rock today. I've seen people say that before. For yeah, instance, and that's right? clearly indie know, pop. Yeah, sure. So I, I, to your point, Caleb, like I think that's an interesting point of like, hey, it'd be cool to see that happen. But what I find kind of what I find like difficult about it is if you like, because a lot of people, that's what people are saying. Oh, I've seen a lot of people say on Reddit or a couple of places, it's nice to see, you know, a band making rock music, like really making rock music again. I'm like, people have been making rock music since the 70s anyway. You just don't know where to find them. Yeah, and you know? I mean that's the and I I would. I'm sorry. I would much rather spend my time raising up people, you know, in those in those bands that are still making rock music that is like worthy of some some focus, you know, than like focusing on this. And it's I mean, part of its popularity, I can't deny is from the fact that like 
I had a Zeppelin era of my life. You know what I mean? Like as a person who's likes rock music and started in punk and like made my way through rock, there's a period where you like Led Zeppelin and there's always young people who will like Led Zeppelin and who will see people like this because of that, Yeah, you know, and either they'll grow out of that or they'll find other things or they'll find that classic rock is really their thing and they'll stick in it and they'll appreciate this in a different way. You know what I mean? But it's just like, that music is still there. But, it just needs to be brought up. And maybe they can do it. I mean, maybe that's a good point that you've made is that's the band that can bridge a gap, whether, you know, regardless of their talent or what they've done to try to bring some focus on that again, perhaps. Well, the thing is, is that you have to start somewhere. And I recognize that it's not as though rock music is not existing right now. There's plenty of rock music. There's just not popular popular rock music it's mm-hmm. not in, oh yeah it's not in the radio it's not commercially succeeding and if you can start somewhere and this is just happens to be where it starts then you know again more power to them and i don't yeah. i i honestly like i don't i don't hate greta van fleet i really don't i think that listening to it i know what it's coming from but i don't i don't find it relatively complex but i think that it it hits the right sweet spot of this can be commercially f- friendly, but also is a sound that you don't necessarily always see in the commercially friendly sound. Yeah. And so I want to commend them for that because they were able to actually make something out of their sound that a lot of other artists have not been able to do. And I think that when it comes down to it, it's just fun to shit on a band that everybody else is. We like yeah. to take a band that everybody doesn't like. Pitchfork just destroyed him in that. Yeah. That was horrible. I mean, I just, I just really don't like him to be honest. With you. But it, you know, I also have to look at it in the light of Wolf Mother because Wolf Mother got compared to to classic rock groups as well. I was, and the, I liked their debut. Yeah, I love their you know, debut, and I think it was, yeah, and I think it's really good. And I never really noticed that, I guess. But I was no. younger when, it, you know, I was at a different age, and even the darkness has been compared. That's to what I, yeah, I was getting, getting ready to bring that up. I was talking to right. The difference between yeah. the darkness and Greta Van Fleet is the darkness will acknowledge, you know, that they're. But I mean. They're both gimmicky. You could argue they're both gimmicky. The difference is the sure. darkness will embrace it and acknowledge right. that he's wearing this crazy outfit and singing this, you know, these crazy 70s era rock songs, whereas Greta Van Fleet are more reserved and don't acknowledge kind of where they're coming from. Let me ask a question, though. When did people start comparing them to Led Zeppelin? Was it before or after people started shitting on them? Oh, it was from the initial. Yeah, probably from every. Yeah, from the very beginning. Like right from the very beginning. But do you think that people were shitting on them and then they started comparing them to to Led Zeppelin? I remember when they first started becoming popular, um, it was going around like on Facebook or whatever. uh, People saying, hey, this great new band sounds like Led Zeppelin. I love it. That was going around a lot. Okay. And so. That okay, that makes more sense because that's what I was gonna say. I wasn't saying I knew the answer to the question, but in my mind, it was gonna be a case of what if it was the case that they were getting a lot of flack for sounding like Led Zeppelin, and then they said, "Well, do you sound like Led Zeppelin?" If I was in Greta Van Fleet, I'd be, I'd be like, "No," because you're just gonna make fun of my music if I tell you that. I mean, you can. Yeah, yeah their first release was was that that first album in 2017 from the Fire and Flames, mm-hmm. where you see Safari Song and Highway just Chain, from the fire. Isn't what? it? Oh, from the fire. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Fire and Flames <laughs> is definitely a Dragon Force song. Dragon Force, pal. We should do Imagine Dragon Force just getting, pretty just soon. Oh, we nice. should. Just in my mind. Uh, yeah, from the fire. So, but you and you can't deny on Safari Song and Highway Tune mm. that it's. Yeah. No, I mean, no. I would I would think it very unlikely. And I know my experience was, hey, there's this band that sounds like Led Zeppelin as well. But I don't I know because like, that you would. are they tricking the um, major award people? You know what I mean? Like, are uh, like no, is, are the, the Grammys falling for it? 
you know? Yeah. Well, the, no, the Grammys just suck. I mean, we know that. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. But, but I also think there's probably, I think if you were to, if you were to have the capacity to take a survey, I think that probably the people who say, the people who, pr- who praise or at least like Greta Van Fleet or acknowledge them as someone that's enjoyable would outweigh the people who are just like dumping on them all the time. I really think that they would. So I don't think, you know, I just think the people who are dumping on them are a lot louder because the people who are dumping on them are probably people who are a little more, and I'm not, and I'm not saying everyone is, of course, but like people who are, it tends to be the person who's more musically literate that would not accept them as someone that is worthwhile. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Or a snobby person. And those people just tend to be like, they tend to be louder. Their opinions tend to be heard in different ways. So well, I, I wouldn't mean, be surprised if Rolling Stone was a little more compassionate towards them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, right. But Pitchfork and places like that are like, Needle these drop. people suck. Because, right. again, Pitchfork and Needle Drop are like, I mean, they are very musically minded, much more so than what a lot of major review sites are, but they are snobby about it. They have a, right. their nose up in the air. And I to try not to be in that same mindset where... I recognize that maybe I have a pretty good mindset of music at this point in time, but that doesn't make me better than these bands that I get to just like trash them. And I think that that tends to happen with a pitchfork sometimes. And that tends to happen with a needle drop sometimes. Well, like, and one thing that I've brought up about pitchfork in particular is a lot of times they just ignore the sheer enjoyment of listening to something. You know what I mean? And that's what a lot of people find in this anyway. They just like listening to it, which is, I mean, you like listening to what you like listening to. I can respect that. Does that mean that they're good or bad? No, it doesn't really mean anything. It means that you like listening to it, and that's perfectly fine. You know. Are we ready to transition into Fleet Foxes? Let's well, do we it. Might as well. It's been twenty six <laughs> minutes. We didn't even like play hardly any songs either. That's, well, we did our boop boop. We did a boop, 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 boop. We did a couple. We could have done uh, Rolling in the Deep. That was a good one. That was a good one. I can't that was we... horrible. You didn't like? I hated that. I liked it. No, I hated that. It was all right. I hated it. It's a Spotify. Listen, single. you know I'm gonna hate it. I don't. I don't think at this point I could not hate it. Well, you hate thing. basically everything. So every song that we would mention, you'd say I hate that. Not true. I love Fleet Foxes. No, Fleet I'm Foxes talking really about good. for Greta Van Fleet. I don't like them. They annoy me. <laughs> Understood. So I'm gonna go ahead and come out and say it. I love Fleet Foxes. It might be one of my favorite bands we've ever covered on Good Band, Bad Band. I'm done now. Oh my god, really? Hey, I love that. I also I love Fleet Foxes as well. I don't I wouldn't I don't know if I'd say they're probably my favorite because we had Devo on here and they're pretty damn good, but you know. Hey, we, I'm not saying my favorite, I'm saying one of my favorites that I'll we've ever covered in Good Band, Bad Band. Uh they were okay. They were pretty okay. It seems that, that so seems like music that you would like. It does, doesn't it? So, and that's the weirdest yeah, thing. Yeah, it does. So if somebody would have asked me last week before we listened to this music, if they would say, Jared, do you like Fleet Foxes? I would say, yes, I do. But <laughs> after listening to this week, I didn't. I thought I knew more Fleet Fox music than what I actually did. And I only really like uh, the winter hymnal song. Like, uh, like that's the song I know the sure. most, and that's the only song I really actually knew. Like... Oh, I know this song. Yeah. 
I thought that I think that I think I like them. Here's what I told Dax. I think that I like Fleet Foxes because I know I like Band of Horses. That seems reasonable. And they are like <laughs> in my mind, they're a similar group. Even though Band of Horses are. Is, are more way more rock oriented. Yes. They're more of yes. like a, a folk rock sound, like but the rock is is higher. Whereas Fleet Foxes are way more indie folk, folk. Indie folk, yeah. yeah. Yes, it's so indie folk, yeah. I, I don't, I definitely like Band of Horses more than I like Fleet Foxes. But uh, the thing I like about Fleet Foxes the most is uh, Father John Misty yep. came from them. Yep, that's what I figured is the, is the thing. And I, I absolutely appreciate the fact that Father John Misty came out of Fleet Foxes. And it's weird mm-hmm. because I don't think that I knew that originally like, I, don't think I think so that either. i knew fleet foxes and i knew father john misty and i liked both of them and then eventually i was like oh those two things are associated with each other i had no idea but you would have no i mean because he was the drummer so it's not and like vocalist. his yeah but not like lead though no so you wouldn't have known that his voice like oh i think that background vocalist is this guy i like right you know so i don't know i mean they've they've had quite a bit of success we uh dax and i uh, watched a video this week. Uh, it was basically like this guy that did a homework assignment talking about how much he loved uh, Fleet Foxes and why like they're one of his favorite bands. And he just just um, dissected each album and like what was leading up to each album and everything. So I mean, I learned a lot about Fleet Foxes this week. Um, but I also watched a, a Nardwar interview that they did with him. And, oh uh, what is with you and Nardwar? He's man. very interesting. I like Nardwar. I like Nard- yeah, I like Nardwar. He, he well. brings he out the best questions. Like he's the best interviewer. Yeah. Um, he once asked Ian Mackay while he was in Winnipeg if he got some good vegetarian food while up there in Winnipeg. Could you get me a drink? A pretty good question. Could you get me a drink? <laughs> he mentioned Ian Mackay. Time, time, time to take a drink. <laughs> If only I would. I've seen if you. I've seen if you would do, but only J- only Jared was prepared for it, so it didn't really work out in my fit in the way I was hoping it would. Um, so. But yeah, I mean, I like. I mean, I learned things about Fleet Foxes. I liked what I listened to. I liked the five songs, but um, and I guess uh, between the most recent album, which uh, what was that called? Uh, Crack up. Yeah, crack up. Between crack up and the album before that, they didn't think they were going to make any more music. Well, that was because of helplessness blues. Yeah, helplessness blues and crack up. And between that, the lead vocalist was getting an undergraduate degree. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, I mean, it makes sense that maybe that would have been the end of things. He might have found success after getting his degree and then said, "All right, I'm bouncing." Mm-hmm. Thanks for you know, thanks for the the two awesome albums. But how often that doesn't happen very often. Like yeah. where uh, somebody goes back to school and then they just don't ever return to music. No, I can't think of a time. I think the biggest instance uh, where somebody left fame for a reason was when Rick Moranis retired from Hollywood to go be with his family after his wife died of cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is like being at the very pinnacle of your career. And just what about being... Ted Nugent? Oh yeah. Well, he's... now he just hunts hunts boars and stuff in he's... the UP. But he's he still does man. things where he's like in the news. Like he. I mean, yeah. he doesn't... Yeah, because he's insane. I think yeah, he's still he's making music, though. It's just, man, yeah, he's crazy. He does not need to be Well, he still anything. performs, potentially, but... Um, I think... What I think is cool about Fleet Foxes as well is um, Indie Folk had its... All right, so it had its beginnings in the 90s, of course. Right. Where some of these bands uh, tried to, started to pull some alternative rock influences into their sound. But it kind of stalled a little bit to me in the 2000s. So you have some in the 90s. For instance, if you look up a little bit about, of course, some of the big 90s names would be Ani DeFranco uh, or Dan Byrne, who I enjoy. 
or acoustic artists such as Elliot Smith or my beloved Will Oldham. And uh, but as you get into the 2000s, it's kind of like a weird in between period. But of course, we see um, at the end of the 2000s and coming into the early teens, there's a resurgence and it's different. It's a lot different. It's I, a little bit grander. I agree and, that. And, I agree that and the, that was when like sorry. Iron and Wine started <laughs> appearing. Yes. That's when you heard the Band of Horses. That's where you well, heard Fleet Foxes. I mean, even yep. Father John Misty, who came out of this, is a, a mm-hmm. perfect example of what indie folk uh, could do, especially because I mean he's not a mainstream artist, but he's very popular. You know who I right. who I, I blame. Well, bon- you know who I blame for all this indie folk nonsense. Peter Jordan and John. Yeah, that you know oh, what I could see that that yeah. that whistling song, right? Yeah, young folks. I that song in two thousand six that basically blew the whole thing open, right there. It really did. I think you could probably blame the Decembrists because they pursued all through the two thousands. That's true, that's but I don't really think they point. had as much chart success. They didn't have a like no, a, but they kept pushing and making true. albums, and yeah. making albums. And yeah. when you listen to December, like what's that big album by the Decembrists that came out? Crane's Wife. Hold on, I got. I'm thinking. Which one did you say? Crane's Wife. I'm thinking late a later one. Are you thinking? Oh, what, what a, a terrible, terrible world! What, what a terrible wonderful world. world! Yeah, 2015, which is a great album by theirs, but it's it later, you know. And it and it's yeah, but they were cranking through all through the 2000s just to get to a point where things came to a, another renaissance, if you will. Well, and honestly, Bear, really, course, it it wasn't dead though in the mid 2000s though. It really wasn't no, because no, you had a death cab for uh, Cutie who had plans in 2006. Transatlanticism. Well, I think they came out in 04. That was Transatlanticism. Oh, okay. Transatlanticism. But that also kind of fits in the... But if you think... So, if, I mean, if you put Death Cab for Cutie into an indie... Fo- well, I, don't, I think they do have some some aspects, I'll admit. But I also think that I wouldn't be super far from trying to, at some point, shove part of Interpol in there if I stick Death Cab for Cutie too far in there. Yeah. Ooh, I, I would, I would say like Bright Eyes really had places. more... Bright Eyes definitely would, be, would have more. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, yeah, I think that here's here's the thing that I would say, because obviously we've talked about a lot of bands all of a sudden. Uh, the thing about Fleet Foxes is, is that their sound fit in a perfect time where yes. they were That's making my, my point. music in the late 2000s and the early teens. And that is when that music was really being heavily consumed. And so a lot of people like Pitchfork, I know we've, we already talked about Pitchfork today, but we'll talk about them a little bit more. They loved crack up, but I didn't find crack up to be as astounding as their first two records or even their EPs that people really enjoyed too. No. Um, cause Helpf- I helplessness blues is the one that really does it for me. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh no, you're good. I, I go back and forth between the two. They're both very, very solid albums from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to hear more from them because I haven't heard anything from them really in, since 2017. But that album didn't have the same level of success. You didn't hear hits off of Crack Up. And that's because of the fact that by 2017, the indie folk sound was starting to wane. Right. That's very true. That's very true. That it, It's really, indie folk is kind of weird because it seems to come in short bursts. Yes. Where people really, really dig it. And I think part of the reason for that is because it's also um, pretty accessible in terms of pop music as well, which means people can consume it the way they consume pop music, and it tends to come in and fade out relatively quickly, you know, over the course of like maybe four or five years in that regard. Like, for instance, the Lumineers, which is like a pop folk, really. You know yeah. what I mean, though? Yeah, I see your face kill, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. th- that was a blow up sound for a couple oh, of years, yeah. and next thing you know, people are not as concerned with it anymore. And I think that this indie folk 
in terms of what we're talking about really fits well into the pop sphere for you know for certain waves i like so, i like it, the lumineers but i think that other people do like a lot of the aspects that they do better you know what i mean like that's oh, a good absolutely. way to put it i think that they yeah. they get credited with doing way more than what they've actually done but because of ho hey they like are at the top of that um that pedestal or whatever i i like the i like mumford and sounds better yeah i agree with that really well, i think that i think well i think mumford mean- and sounds first album sign no more yeah, I think it. I think it definitely does, pretty close to what Lumineers tried to do, but definitely better. I mean, I don't think you can deny that. The my standard is low on that question. You don't like the Mumford? You don't like Mumford? I thought you like you liked them back in the day. You don't like them now? Uh, no. Oh my! I went back on it well, and I was like, man, this is not as good as I used to think it was. I don't hate. I, think, I don't hate all of it. I think that L- Little Lion Man is still a good song, and there's some okay songs. That are on Sino More. I didn't like Babel. I didn't like Babel when it came out. I it's just like Sino More. And mm-hmm. so I had one album to go off of. And I just think that like if you really listen to that album, it there's not a lot to it. And they're just liked, doing what uh, other people have done, but again, other people have done it better. I liked I Will Wait, the lead single, and I like Hopeless Wanderer. Those are both good. The, good. the music I video like the for Hopeless Wanderer has uh, some celebrities in there playing banjo. I think Ed Helms is in there. There you go. Uh, pretty. I mean, but they were just trying to like go with the mainstream stuff. Uh, but then they kind of really changed because that and uh, that uh, they had an EP or that yeah uh, in two thousand. Oh, when was this? Was it Johannesburg? Yeah, their Johannesburg um, EP in 2016 had like um, like African music into it. And oh, it was, really? I mean, sure. it, that would have been like in the time that they were still really big and they're like, this is what we're going to put out. And then they went on hiatus for a while too. So mm. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. I, I thought Sign No More was pretty good. I thought I liked The Cave is a song I really loved on there. I liked a lot of songs on that. But I with Caleb I would not like I didn't like anything else after that really I didn't think it was that great and it and there it, it's just like Lumineers there are certainly artists in the kind of folk rock or even I mean this is a genre that kind of bleeds around and there are definitely people who did it better I mean you know guys I love the Punch Brothers of course which is a prog grass but it, yeah. it can fit yeah. into a folk rock almost and it can take over and and their stuff's way you know their stuff is superior quite honestly in in uh its arrangements and all so but Fleet Foxes, anywho. I was going to say, we have gone down such a long train of other artists. <laughs> we with, have. And I have not even really even spent a lot of time on Fleet Foxes. It's been a while since we've well, gone that far down the train. It's been a while. It has, it has been. Yeah. So they've got, well, they've got th- four albums. They've got three, three full-length albums, LPs really. three and full they've got two EPs. And an e- yeah. And, and uh, yeah, three full-length EPs. I like I'm kind of with you. They're self-titled and Helplessness Blues are really great. I own Helpless, Helplessness Blues. Uh, on vinyl, I love that album. I, I own really- I own the self titled along with the EP on vinyl. That was no, actually be- hmm? Sun Giant. Yeah, Sun Giant. Uh, yeah. I actually because in an understandable way, I bought a lot of folk music as the first vinyl that I bought. The first three vinyl that I remember buying were the first Fleet Foxes album. They're self titled. Father John Misty, Fear Fun, and I got Bright Eyes there uh i'm wide awake it's morning and those were like three of the first ones but at that time i didn't know about fleet foxes and father john misty being a thing together so i'm pretty sure well, the sounds i remember are... you getting those actually yeah good time yeah, the sounds are different enough 
you know, he kind of left and did his own thing, and it he fits in the genre, sure. But I mean, there's a lot of room in indie folk to kind of pave your own path. You know, there's a you can make things. Fleet Fleet Foxes are very. I find there's kind of a grandeur to it. It's, it's very grand, and it seems like it's very wide. And it doesn't have to be always focused. On, you know, sometimes it can be more minimal, minimalistic, and sometimes it can be a little more intricate. So there's a lot of places to go to. So I I didn't know that about Father John Misty either until this week. And uh, and I never probably wouldn't have guessed it. You know what I mean? Why would you? Right. So I read that uh, he went, uh, yeah, when he left the group, it was um, during a European tour, I believe, or when they were getting, like, coming back from it or whatever. Because at the point, he wanted to do it in person, but at that point, they just couldn't get together and have a conversation with each other, you know? So, like, if it was that um, toxic, then it makes sense for him to leave. I, I don't know if it was, like, you know, these minds just couldn't get along or just communication had completely broken down some, like, I don't know what the ultimately the reason was, but if he didn't even get the opportunity to break up or leave the group in person, which I'm sure he wanted to do, it it doesn't sound like a good situation to be in. So basically my understanding was, was that father John Misty was so aware of his big personality that he knew he could not fit within that band. Mm. And he, he, he did it over email. Oh yeah. So over email, he basically said like, I'm a monster and like, I might as well just go ahead and pursue me being a monster and not like pull you guys down is really basically what my understanding was. And I think that you can tell like without, getting too deep into it. I think that you can tell that there was an influence of him being a part of that group. Cause if you look at it, they never replaced him. Like they still don't have a drummer. They just have a session drummer. Really? They've never replaced him in all the years that they have been existing. They've never said, this is our new drummer. They've just had, I think two drummers they've had that they've kind of swapped back and forth around as their session drummer. They never like determined that that was going to be a member of the group. They just said, we're fleet foxes. This is who we are. We don't have a drummer. Hmm. So I don't know. I think that speaks to the fact that he was clearly an, an important piece of that group that they never even wanted to replace him. They do have somebody. They have uh, Morgan Henderson who plays uh, Strings up, and woodwind. upright bass, guitar, woodwind, violin, percussion, and sax. But Did I, you see where he's from? No. He's from Blood Brothers, a big post-hard. Oh yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, that's true. They're he is from Blood good. Brothers. Yeah. I forgot to mention that. Thank you, Tyler. Was he was he the drummer for them? I believe he was the no, bassist. He's a singer. No, he wasn't was he the bassist. Wasn't he the bassist and oh, you're singer? Right. Jordan bassist. Billy was the singer. He's now in a group uh, called. Uh, well, what's, where did that go? Was like Seven yeah. Tiger. Yeah. Bass, well, there's two different vocalists. Is vocal. the thing. There's the lead. There's two leads. One's the screamer and one's yeah. the singer. I believe that's the, the who's the one who's in. So one is is uh, Jaguar Love. Jaguar Love. And then the other one is um, Jordan Billy, who is now in Past Lives and Head Wound City. Uh, Okay. I thought it was, I knew it was the bassist, but I thought he was the vocalist and the bassist, but I guess he was just the the bassist. Something I think is kind of interesting about this whole genre and the Fleet Foxes as part of it is like, it takes a, you know, folk is like folk of what we understand. There's a fairly like Americanized form of music which is kind of cool and it's hard like when you look at it it's easy to think that it comes from certain areas i mean the midwest is a place where you can easily think of you know dylan was a midwesterner or maybe like you know the central south somewhere of hardships but like the origin of fleet foxes is seattle and a lot of the guys are from washington and then 
when you get into Josh and Father John Misty's, you know, his origin is Maryland. So, like, it's pretty cool to see that we can take a folk music, which is like a really kind of a true American music that spreads across, you know, the geography of the country and change it and make things different and, like, continue on that type of ideal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, if you really look at it, um, and I, I, one of the biggest genres when music really became a big popular thing is folk. Folk is one of truly one of the original sounds of music, if you think about it. It's not the original sound of music, but folk is one of the, like, one of the key like elements of music becoming something that it is today, which is a massive, massive thing where music was not necessarily something that was that culturally centered, but well, that's what anyone played, you know, sitting on your porch. Yeah. That's what was passed around. Dex, did you have some, that sounds familiar as you wanted to talk about for fleet foxes? Uh, I have a couple. I don't know if they're worth it. We can give one of them a go. Sure. Uh, so let's start with the Fleet Foxes track. Uh, I how do you how, Mykonos? Yes, thank you. That one. Brother, you don't need to turn me away. I was waiting down at the ancient gate. Yeah, so uh, golly gee, didn't that sound a little bit like Ohio uh, by Neil Young and also other people? <laughs> I thought that was Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And Young. Yeah, oh. it's Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, but it's mostly Young. Yeah, it's, it's, a, no, it's a Young one. Yeah, young it's a Young one. song. That's uh, funny because that's like, a, well, we'll talk about it when we do, when mm. we do the, the man, I guess. Yeah, here, here's the song. That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. Well, good. I'm I glad just we found did that. I just found some interesting information about uh, Josh Tillman, Father John Misty, who is goes by the stage name of Father John Misty. He drummed on the first Demon Hunter album. Really? Yes, he was huh. a session drummer on the Christian metal band Demon Hunters debut album. It's pretty weird. Strange. He was sitting in the studio. He was friends with the producer's brother. And uh, he was just sitting there and they said, do you want to play drums on this? And he's like, yeah, sure. Sounds great. And that is, his, I think, his first credit. And he said it's one of the things that he, like one of his top credited uh, drum things. Huh. Who knew? So he was, uh, I guess, grew up in the religious spectrum, sphere, if you will. And uh, he was, I just was reading an interview he did with Relevant Magazine, which is a Christian-based magazine, and he was kind of talking about, you know, where he was in faith, that, and how he's kind of 
you know, his opinions on it and stuff. But uh, he said, uh, talking about his first album, uh, Pure Comedy, right? Uh, he said, no, that's his. Uh, Pure that? Comedy is his third album. Third, yeah, oh. his third one. Well, he three. released several as himself as well. Like 10 years, he released different albums as Josh Tillman. It wasn't until he became Father John Misty, the stage name, that he, be, he was able to find any kind of success, is what I read. But he said, if that album. Uh, was put in Christian bookstores, Christians would fucking love it. <laughs> nice. I like that. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. Are we uh, Are we ready to sound off? I believe so. I believe so. All right. I already, sh- I guess, I already, showed, I so. I already showed my hand. It's Fleet Foxes. Uh-huh. Tyler? This is going to come as a surprise. Uh-huh. It's Fleet Foxes. Wow. <laughs> the shocker. Ooh. Ooh. I am torn... I'm torn. I th- oh, you like I know. if you do this to me two weeks in a row, I'm going to scream. I like Fleet Foxes, but I'm more excited to see what Greta Van Fleet does. So I'm going to give it to Why? them. That's You're you stupid. Suck. I like that. You are stupid. <laughs> you are right. stupid. That is stupid. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to select Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> You guys are the dumbest dumbest people. I want to read the Patreon. I want to read the Patreon. It's right in front of me, and I want to read it. Go ahead. I'm taking a look at our Patreon votes this week, and it's unanimous. Fleet Foxes win. Thank you. Jared and Max six. Thank you, Patreon. We love you so much. Without you, we would not survive. If you want to have your vote, uh, go to patreon.com slash record roundtable. You can be a part of the show. You can... Uh, suggest things for our record roundtable show. You can uh, listen to our exclusive to Patreon podcast, $2 Cinema Club. This week we're doing uh, The Postman. It's pretty good. We're doing some fun stuff. Go do that thing. I mean, I wish it was Thanksgiving because my gratefulness to Patreon voters is incredibly high right now. Or else I, I would might potentially publicly have to say that our votes would be for Greta Van Fleet. And that would... Just destroy my insides like a grenade I accidentally swallowed. Patreon, you suck. Do better next time. We, you should agree with me and Jared. Yeah, um, like last week when we had Florida Georgia Line as our as our good band. <laughs> that was really good job there, uh, Patreon. I really appreciate you giving the the Come win on. to those fools. What what happened to you those... two? Huh? What happened <laughs> to you two? Up. You picked Greta Van were... Fleet over Fleet Fox. I'll pick anything Agreed. if it upsets what is Tyler. Wrong with you? Yeah. Yep. Oh boy. <laughs> let's let's end this. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Good Band Bad Band. Let us know who you think is the good band. Uh look at our uh, various social media things, Instagram, Twitter, uh Facebook, our website, Patreon, things like that. Next week we're doing Waffle House of Tea Paint. Is that right? I did it. Yeah, that's it. You did it. Thank you. So check it out. Goodbye.